All right, so um, my uh, the world's kind of dictating where we're going, you know. Uh, you know, as a, as a spiritual leader, we sometimes have to address what's happening right now and give some of that godly wisdom and direction, and, and that's what we've been working on last week and this week as we're going through this. And um, Let's start out with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get to your word today, Father. I just ask you to take myself out of the way, Father. Just let the message that the people need, Father, the one they need to hear, just let it come through, Father, take myself out of the way. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, let's just start in, in 1 John 3 and 8. Get us started this morning. 1 John 3 and 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, um, and for prior to all this, we've been talking about a lot of different things, you know, faith and getting what we need through prayer, how to pray, how to sow, how to harvest all these fundamental things that we need to understand about how God works, why he tells us to do all these things that he tells us to do, so we can have a full life, so we can have faith, so we can have the building blocks that we need that when trouble strikes, that we are confident in God. We are confident in his word. We are confident in, in everything that he says. That we have no fear because we know that we are taken care of. And right now is a prime example of why we need to be rooted so deeply into the Word of God. Why that it needs to be second nature to be able to function in faith when there is so much fear around us. We've talked about choosing sides. You know, we're either on the side of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus, the light, God, or we're in the darkness, the world, Satan. And that there, there's really no in-between. That if you want to remain neutral, that's one thing you can't do. Because remaining neutral is stepping into the darkness. And... Um, Right now, let me ask you a question. I was him hauling around. I was sitting down there. I had exactly what I was going to say. And then all of a sudden, I got up here and it just left me for a second. But now it's back again. It's okay. So, uh, how many times have you ever gone through life and it seems like things are good? You know, you may have a good thing happen or two or three good things happen. And then all of a sudden, things turn. You have a 180 where... There's a problem. Situations arise. And then it's really easy to get a mentality that you're not supposed to experience joy. That every time that you're up, that you're high, that you're joyful, that something bad is going to come along and knock you down. Well, my friends, that is not a coincidence. See, what happens is when we are basting in the blessings of God, when we are enjoying His fruits, 
his love, his blessings, the things that he gives us, Satan doesn't like that. And he wants to throw you a curveball. He wants you to make you think that this is not the norm. That joy and peace and happiness is not the norm, but pain and suffering and discomfort is. That is what life is about. He wants you to take your eyes off God and turn it to everything else. And that's what's happening here. That's what's happening today. Things were going well. And Satan said, I have to do something different. We have to take our focus off God. We look back at history. And we can see when them first settlers came over and founded the original colonies here in America. They were driven by passion. They were driven by God. There was that strong godly connection. They were coming over for religious freedoms. They worked together in a unit. And when they had to fight, they were able to rise up, work together as a unit, and succeed. The country was based with God in the forefront. We see on our currency, in God we trust. These were the foundations that our founding fathers put down forward. As time marches on, we see the conflicts that happened. World War I, World War II, where once again, America as a unit came together and did what they had to do. They looked out for one another. As the men were off fighting, the women would step up and start taking care of the needs on the home front, doing the jobs that needed to be fulfilled because the men were gone fighting. That factory switched over from producing the everyday things that they did and started making the things that they needed to supply the war efforts. And people would, was okay with that. People sacrificed. People did what they needed to do. They chipped in. They helped. Because that was all for a common good. And we see as, as history moves forward, there is less and less of God in it. And as we see, as we take more of God out and allow more of the world and acceptance and tolerance move in, that the world is not so much in unison anymore. As we look out today as what's happening, people are questioning, okay, where's God in all of this? Why is he allowing this to happen? And we see that, that less and less people are believers. And even if we look at our so-called believers and we look at the actions that they're taking, you know, just because you attend a church, just because you have a cross hanging on your wall, just because there's a Bible on your nightstand does not make you a true believer, does not make you fully persuaded in your heart. We do not know the hearts of people. We do see the fruits that they produce. We do see their actions. 
And our actions, where we're seeing right now, speak volume. We see now that we're in this, this pandemic, this epidemic, this situation, this virus. And what happens? People take advantage. They try to make a profit off others. Buying up all the goods that they know people are going to need. To be able to sell them at an inflated cost. This is not God's plan. God wants us to be successful. God wants us to meet our needs. God wants us to have abundance. But He does not want us to do it at the damage of others. We are to love one another, not take advantage of one another. People are hoarding. With no rhyme or reason to it. They're just grabbing up just as much stuff as they can and locking it away to make sure that they have enough. It's crazy. I know more about toilet paper now than I ever thought I would ever need it in my life. You know, how many sheets that you use a day? How many sheets are on a roll? Because it's all this, is, it's just... Who would have ever thought? But people are caving so much they got years' supplies in their house. They can be able to take what they have right now and never have to buy it again for a year because they have so much. The shelves are bare. People can't go out now and get their day-to-day -day items, the stuff we use on a daily basis, because a small percentage of people is taking all of it for themselves and they don't need it. We see it time after time. You know, this is one of the bigger events that we've gone through in our lifetime, but here in Florida, you know, we have these hurricanes and every time one's approaching, what do we see? Empty shelves. There's no water. There's no bread. There's no milk. People are buying up generators. We see the same thing again. People trying to sell stuff for inflated prices, taking advantage of the situation. And then when it's all over, they want to return it and take it back and put things as they were. We see fighting. People are getting hurt trying to get their essential needs or trying to hoard up more stuff that they don't need. You can put out a pallet of toilet paper in the middle of the store and it looks like a, a mad scene from Black Friday where they're trying to get their parts. And people are literally fighting over a pack of paper towels. Political gain. We're in an election year, and everybody's looking to see what these people are doing. The ones that are in charge now are trying to do what they feel the people are going to feel is right. 
They're trying to make a statement for themselves. And the ones coming up, the ones that are hopeful, the candidates, they're trying to do the same thing. They're trying to say, look at me. I am a good leader. I can take care of the people. But is it always about what is best for the people or is it what looks best in the eyes of the people? And we have selfishness. Selfishness. And this is a big one. We have people that think that the rules do not apply to them. And they are forcing our leaders' hands to have to take action. Because they will not take action on their own. That they feel that a good time, some partying, some gathering is... More important than doing what needs to be done. That they have an attitude that they don't care what happens to others, what even happens to them, as long as they can get that instant self-gratification. Such a sense of entitlement today. We think we should just get things because we are here. We should get things because we trust God. We turn our faith to Him and allow Him to be our provider. So because of all these things, these things that Satan are whispering in our ears to do, protect ourselves. Do what we need to do. Do what feels good. We have people that don't have enough. Because they can't get out and buy the supplies they need. We have places that are shut down. So now we have people that don't have jobs. don't have money. Because people can't use common sense. People can't follow the rules. It's hurting our government. We see the stock market falling. And all of these things that they're working to stimulate the economy back again, to do all these different things, there is going to have to be paid back at some point in time. There's no such thing as free money. We are all going to have to do our part to pay it back. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh and seeketh who he may devour. People have a hard time with God. Because God is, is subtle. He's not forceful on us. It's real easy to overlook what the, he's doing. He works in little segments, moment by moment. And he doesn't get the credit that he deserves because people simply just blow him off. But Satan, he wants you to know he's there. He comes in as a roaring lion. And you know, if you were to see that, we take this example. 
the lion was to walk into here. His presence, yes, that's something. But when he lets out that blood-curgling roar, it's like when the big grizzly bear stands up on his hind legs and he roars. It's when the thunder claps. It's the bang of the gun. You know, that's the things that scare us. It's the noise. But the thing, all of that is not what's dangerous. It's not the roar, it's the teeth. It's not the bang, it's the bullet. It's not the thunder, it's the lightning. We can see Satan working today. We can see him working. We can see by the actions of the people, all these things that I listed off, all these negative things, all these negative results that's happening, that is all the work of Satan because he's in people's ears. He's using the tools that he has, illusion, fear, worry, doubt. He's preying on the very curse that we received in the beginning when man fell in the garden. That fear of not having enough. And he uses that to his advantage. We don't have a medical problem. This is not a medical epidemic. That's just the, the source of the start. We have a people problem. We have a heart problem. We have a faith problem. If people followed God's word and would turn loose of things as selfishness, how many of these things could have been prevented if people decided that maybe it was a good idea to stay home instead of traveling abroad to fulfill their needs for self-gratification? Maybe if people took the time to worry about others, maybe people left a little bit behind and only took what they needed, there wouldn't be this mass shortage right now. God does not tell us to be selfish. He tells us to be generous. He does not tell us to love ourselves. He tells us to love others. Satan wants to turn all that around. James 4 and 7. Submit thyselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's why it's so important to have a strong foundation in the word of God. To know what God tells us. To etch these things on our hearts. Because the devil is going to keep coming at you. He is going to be in your ear and telling you to do all these things. Save yourself. Save yourself. Save yourself. You can't save yourself. The only person that can save you is Jesus Christ. But when he starts whispering in your ear and we filter these things through the Word of God, filter them through the Word of God, put up what the devil is saying, against the word and says, oh, does that make sense? Does that follow what God says? And when the answer is no, 
Then, get behind me, Satan. Romans 16 and 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what Satan does, this is simply a battle. And God has already won the war. It's already done. It's already written. All we have to do is believe it. No matter how much toilet paper you have in your closet, no matter how much hand sanitizer is under the sink, no matter how many pairs of gloves you wear, what kind of mask you wear, and what you do, there's only one thing that can truly save us. There's only one thing that truly puts us at peace. And that is total and complete faith in God. That he is going to see us through no matter what the difficulty is. Why is he allowing this to happen? I believe because it's an eye opener. It's showing us on a large scale how much we need him. If people will just realize that. Realize that we are all sinners, we are all in need of a Savior, and we are all in need of Him on a daily basis. I believe it's also to show us that Satan is alive and well. And I think it's a big mirror that he's holding up. So we can all look at ourselves and see what our actions say about us. To see if what we're doing is in line with the kingdom of heaven... Or is it more in line with that other place? Are we doing godly work? Are we living a godly life? Or are we living for the world? Are we living for ourselves and living for Satan? It's all one or the other. And we can make our excuses of why we do the things we do. But in the end of the day, that's all it is an excuse. It's just justification for our bad behavior. We have... A grand tool called prayer. So while we're hunkering down, and while we still have the opportunity to gather, that's what we need to be doing. In our individual time, that's what we need to be doing. Praying for healing, for the people that's already in danger. For their healing. For their recovery. Praying for protection. To block this from coming into our, our community. Our lives. Our families. Pray for change of heart. That people realize that this is a wake up call. That things need to be done differently. Pray that. You know, we always get into a, a situation where things are dire. That that's when we, when our last hope is to pray. That's what we do. So maybe for some, this will be that situation that they will turn themselves over to God, allow Him to work in their lives.
pray for each other. Let's do that now. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Father. We know that you are the great I am. You are our Heavenly Father. You are the beginning and the end. You are everything, Father. And the Word says it. And Father, even as a, a true believer, Father, we still have our doubts. That Satan is, is good at his job. is good at what he does, Father, and he can make us doubt. We ask you to forgive us, Father, for our weaknesses, for where we fall short, and to give us strength and to help us overcome each and every time that we fail, Father. Father, we ask for the ones that's just totally not taking you up, or totally abandoned you, Father, that you're just a, a, an afterthought, that they will use this as a time, Father, to see the truth and to see what needs to be done. And Father, for the, for the ones that... that identify as being a believer, a Christian father. But yet their lives do not reflect that. That for them it will also be a time for change. Father, then we do also ask for protection for this time, Father. That we know that you can shield us from, from anything. That you can protect us, Father. That you are the best germex there is. That you, your shield is impenetrable, Father. We ask that these this shield can come upon all of us, Father, and give us this protection that we need. We ask for healing, Father, for the ones that's been stricken by this. Not only for the physical stricken, Father, but for the ones that's been displaced in other ways. For this, They've changed their sources of resources and income and these different things, Father. That you will start providing ways for them to overcome. That you will speed up this process, Father. We know that you control time and that this process can be quickly dealt with. We pray for this church, Father, that it will weather this time and these difficulties and the people in it. And we thank you for all these things and ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.